is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for april 10th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be man monday night raw monday night raw tonight man you know, tw- Twitter and social media were something else tonight, man. It's like all, all the fucking virgins and geeks and WWE enthusiasts came out of the woodwork for some reason, man. It's seemingly getting a little bit more difficult to navigate on social media. I was about to tap out about 9.30 on social media, man. Legitimately, everything that I put up on Twitter, there's somebody that has to have some combative fucking tweet towards me i mean i don't know what you guys watched tonight man this was this was not you know i i really don't it's funny to me man last week's monday night raw was so god awful i mean i don't know how worse it could get i mean they could have handed you shit on a fucking silver platter and it would have been better than last week's monday night raw monday night raw tonight all things considering boring all things considering, a much better show than last week, but boring. I, I, I don't know how to describe Monday Night Raw tonight. It, it almost felt like, and I'm being honest with you, man, I, I, it doesn't even feel like, it doesn't even feel like we got done with WrestleMania. That, that's, that's how I feel about Monday Night Raw right now, two weeks following WrestleMania. It, it's almost as if this is a Monday Night Raw that we'd get in December while we're on the road to nothing going into the new year. This felt like a nothing December Monday Night Raw tonight in Seattle. Crowd sucked. I thought Seattle was fucking terrible tonight. They were on their hands, sitting on their hands for at least 75% of the show. And WWE was dealing with some problems. Now, you probably wouldn't have noticed, being that most of the show went off just like you would normally see a show on Monday night. But there were a lot of problems heading into Monday Night Raw in Seattle tonight. According to sources, several sources, Fightful reported something, then my guy Andrew Zarian backed it up. Apparently, travel woes affected some of the WWE roster on Monday, and things had to be changed throughout the day. Originally, Miz and Riddle... We're supposed to go one-on-one. That was scrapped. I don't really give a shit about that. I mean, that was a Vince McMahon fucking blunder if I ever seen one. Matt Riddle shows up last week. He starts a fucking feud with The Miz. I don't know what happened this week. Maybe Triple H thought better of what Vince McMahon did and said, fuck this shit. I'm getting this shit off the show. I didn't even want that shit last week. 
Let's do something else. And it looks like Riddle just continued where he left off on Friday going into Monday, which is the right thing to do now that he's in this feud with the Bloodline teaming with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, Sami Zayn and Bianca Belair were all scheduled to appear on the show. Uh, Riddle, Zayn, they showed up at the end, and I don't know if they were there the entire night. If they got there late, I don't know. But they did show up at the end of the show and save Kevin Owens from a three-on-one beatdown from the bloodline. And then they stood tall at the end of the show. Bianca Belair did not appear on the show, but we did crown a new number one contender for Bianca Belair tonight in EO Sky. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But Belair was not on the show. Miz was not on the show. Riddle and Sami Zayn were due to these travel woes. Uh, Miz and Riddle, like I said, pulled from the show. I didn't really give a shit. I mean, there's no reason why that match was... Uh, going on anyway, and there were a lot of changes, but it was known by the time the rundowns were handed out that those were due to travel issues. Uh, Several talent that Fightful spoke to said that they actually flew into Seattle and and were told that they weren't needed for the show on Monday. Some were told almost right after they had landed. Vince McMahon was not at the show and was not scheduled to be at the show. Now, nobody really knows that for sure. Vince McMahon, I mean, the one thing that we know about Vince McMahon is that when there's a show on the West Coast, Vince McMahon more than likely will not be there. He did this all the time. He did this all the time when he was running uh, Monday Night Raw before he got, uh, you know, his uh, situation going on, before he retired. He would never really travel. Rarely he would travel to the West Coast. He would always have Johnny Laurinaitis and Bruce Prichard run the show. I mean, what the fuck does he need to be there? He does not like to travel to the West Coast. So we really don't know if Vince McMahon was scheduled or not to be at the show. Nobody's going to know for sure. West Coast, Vince doesn't like it. Was he a part of the travel woes? I don't know. It's a possibility. But all in all, Vince wasn't there in person at Monday Night Raw. Doesn't really mean much of anything. I don't trust the company anymore after what we got last week. That's all I needed to see. That's all I needed to read about his involvement last week. It's all I needed to see on CNBC. I do not trust this fucking company anymore with anything that they say, period. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to trust the company until this man's in the fucking grave. It's just the way it's got to be. There's no reason why you should either. You should be, you know... A wrestling fan, if you if you love WWE and enjoy WWE, I'm not saying you can't watch WWE, but I want you guys to be mindful of what you are watching. Some weeks it'll be Triple H. Some weeks it'll be Vince McMahon. Some weeks it'll be a mix of both. Some weeks it's going to be all Vince. Some weeks it's going to be all Triple H. You don't know. You don't know. The two-headed monster that is WWE really isn't all that good. of it's good. We know when Vince books the show, it's shit. When Triple H books the show, it's somewhat decent. Tonight, and I'm telling you guys this because I would not lie to you, tonight did not feel like a Vince McMahon show. It didn't. Tonight felt like more of a Triple H-led Monday Night Raw. Was Triple H there? I don't know. I don't know. But it definitely felt more like a Triple H show. There was really no sports entertainment on the show There were matches that took place on the show that I could see Triple H booking on the show. We got more wrestling in the first match on this show than we got all last week. So I know Vince McMahon wasn't really booking this show, for better or worse. 
So at the end of the day, even with the travel woes, nothing really was drastically different. With the travel woes, it still ended up being a decent Monday Night Raw. And it was definitely more on the Triple H side of things than the Vince McMahon side of things. But again, I don't trust the company uh, at all with anything, and neither should you, okay? It, it did feel like a Triple H Raw, but it felt more like a Raw that you'd see in December in the middle of the winter while they're building towards nothing and not really a WWE show coming out of WrestleMania two weeks ago. But this is what happens. I said this on social media. This is what happens when WWE announces a draft that's happening in a few weeks. They're not going to give you any new storylines. They're not going to build any new feuds they're not going to give you any fresh matchups. They're going to continue to keep the wheels rolling and they're going to pump out content and they're going to buy their time until they get to the WWE draft because why are they going to give you anything new when they're just going to blow everything else up on the day of the draft? This is what happens. It's great that we're getting a draft. It's great to think about the new possibilities and NXT call-ups and possible free agents that they've been waiting to bring in, and signings that they've signed, wrestlers that they've signed that haven't debuted yet on coming into the company. It's great that we get all these things. It's exciting. It's unpredictable. Is it game-changing like he said last week? No, it's not. It's not game-changing. Again, I don't trust anything that he says. He's nothing more than a fucking puppet as far as I'm concerned now. Is it game-changing? No, but it's exciting. It's unpredictable. There's a problem with the draft that I will address when we get there. You guys know what it is. Do they keep the draft, you know, in the way that they do it? Do they keep the essence of the draft true? I don't know. Do we get Raw being Raw? Do we get SmackDown being SmackDown? Do we get these brands being separate? That remains to be seen. But when you have all that unpredictability and all that good stuff that comes with the draft, then you get something like this where you got to wait a few weeks to get to the draft, and you get nothing. They're going to do the bare minimum to get through backlash. That's exactly what they're going to do. And that's the type of vibe that you're getting on this show. There's going to be a select number of talent that are going to be booked for Puerto Rico. There's going to be a select number of talent that are booked for backlash, and that's it. And then that following week is when I'm hearing the draft is going to happen right after backlash. So they'll do enough to get storylines through backlash but it's not going to set the world on fire. It's not going to be breaking boundaries. Can they make it exciting? We'll see. So there are pros and cons to this thing with the WWE draft. Unpredictability, and it's going to shake things up and make it feel fresh. But you're not going to get anything new, and the shows are going to feel very, very boring and bland until we get to that date. The big thing that happened on tonight's show was Trish Stratus turning heel. I don't know how anybody watching this show could not see it coming. I mean, I knew it was coming from when I seen Lita on the floor and Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez were back there attending to her and they are the challengers for the tag team titles tonight. I know they didn't do it. Why would Damage Control go out there and do it? They got no fucking problem with Bailey or with uh, Becky Lynch anymore. That feud is over. There was only one person involved there and that was Trish Stratus, and we got the heel turn tonight, and I mean, you guys can think what you want on it. I thought the tag team title match tonight was fucking god-awful. It was terrible, and 
I, I sound harsh, and I don't want to sound harsh, but you watch that tag team title match tonight. It looked like Becky Lynch, Trish, and Raquel would live. Four fucking rookies, man. All I had in the back of my mind was Brian Danielson yelling, amateur, 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 amateurs. That's exactly what they look like in there, man. I'm not a fucking professional wrestler, nor do I want to be. I'm very comfortable sitting where I am, and I'm very comfortable sitting behind the microphone when I call matches for Hog. But my God, did that match fucking suck. It looked like four amateurs in that ring tonight, and then the heel turn from Trish Stratus. I don't know what the fuck that was, but that was the lamest and softest heel turn I think I've seen in years. No impact. You've seen it coming from a mile away. Nothing was really exciting. The crowd booed. But are you going to believe in a heel Trish Stratus? Why are we going and using Trish Stratus on WWE TV when we're in the midst of a WWE draft? I, I don't understand this. Whose idea is to keep Trish Stratus and Lita on the show? I thought they were just here for WrestleMania. Now, I don't have anything bad to say about them. I think they're both lovely ladies. But should they be on WWE television in 2023? The answer is no. The answer is no. That shows you how weak the WWE women's division is. They don't believe in anybody not named Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. So much so that they got to use Trish Stratus in a major fucking program with Becky Lynch. I don't like it. It's not needed. This was a Vince McMahon call during WrestleMania season. Don't know why we need to explore this now, moving on into the spring and summer months. You got so much talent on the fucking show that you should be building up, but you got Trish Stratus and Lita who can't carry their own fucking weight in there anymore and made a match tonight that should have been decent because Raquel is decent, Liv is decent, Becky's great, and that match fucking blew dick tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Get them off the show. This is not what WWE's priority should be in 2023. It's not fucking 20 years ago. Why are you negative, JD? Why are you always complaining, JD? Because this is not what we need. That's why. I don't need Trish Stratus, who's nearing 50 years old, on the show. I don't need Lita, who's nearing 50 years old, on the show. We got so many women in this company, and you're utilizing these two women. Not really what I would think of when I want to better the women's division in WWE. Cody Rhodes, he showed up tonight, didn't like it, I didn't like any of it, a lot of questions in regards to Cody's interview, which we will dissect a little bit later, but all in all, Cody showed up tonight, took the beating of a fucking lifetime last week, shows up, and he's out there smiling, And he's out there asking the people what they want to talk about. This guy got fucking brutalized by Brock Lesnar and he's out the following week without a fucking mark on his face. Smiling, asking the fans what he wants to talk about. 
What do we want to talk about, Cody? I want to know why Brock Lesnar attacked you on last week's show. Because the explanation that you gave tonight certainly doesn't fit the narrative that I want as far as excitement is concerned. Cody Rhodes continued to push the narrative of Brock Lesnar supposedly being upset about his WrestleMania spot. That's what Brock Lesnar's upset about. He's upset about his WrestleMania spot, so he took it out on Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was made into a target. For what? For what? Why did Brock Lesnar, of all people, who never had anything to do with Cody Rhodes, who never had his Rhodes cross with Cody, he's got a problem with Cody Rhodes. That Cody Rhodes is now a target. A target for what? A target why? Did he disapprove of his EVP work over in AEW? Does he not want him here because he thinks he's AEW and not true to WWE? I'm going to need more than a reason as to why this match happens, or more than the reason that they gave us as to why this match is happening. Because all I see and all I hear when I hear, oh, well, Brock Lesnar is upset about his WrestleMania spot, which happened two fucking weeks ago, is because he wrestled Omos and they went on first? That's the reason why you're wrestling Cody Rhodes? I'm sorry, bro. Not good enough. Especially not for Cody Rhodes. Not for Cody Rhodes. Messiah Gaming, get out. Let it play out, get out. It's a Vince McMahon narrative. Get him out, get him out of the fucking chat. Get him out. Get Messiah Gaming out of the chat. It's the first thing I've fucking seen. Let it play out. Let what play out? Let what play out? What am I letting play out? I seen everything I needed last week to fucking play out. Supposedly, reportedly, this has been the plan for four weeks. You can't come up with a better explanation than that in four weeks. You are shit at your job. That's what I see. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar, that's the narrative you want to see? Get him out. Get him out. Let it play out. Let what play out? I don't give a fuck what they tell me. It doesn't make sense. Vince booked it. It's shit. The fuck does Cody have to do with Brock Lesnar coming out of WrestleMania? Oh, oh my God. Let's start a feud because Brock is upset he wrestled Omos. It's the next world fucking champion right here and that's the best you got? Fuck out of here. Give me a goddamn break. Shit was booked day of. Day of. I don't do anything day of. There's always a plan. You should always have a fucking plan, a roadmap. Let it play out. It's the same shit that I heard for eight months with Bray Wyatt. Let it play out. You guys like rinse and repeat over and over and over again. I don't get you fucking people. The only reruns I like to watch are Married with Children, Family Guy, Boy Meets World, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and Seinfeld. Fuck out of here with let this shit play out. 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fucking ridiculous. Another one of fucking Saps drones, I'm sure. Let it play out. Fuck out of here. Other than that, there's nothing else on this show worth talking about. Nothing. Nothing. This was a very ho-hum, middle-of-the-road show by WWE that was better than last week, but I could have taken a dump in the middle of the ring and it would have been better than last week. It's not saying much. But we're going to go over what happened on this show tonight. We're going to dissect this Cody Rhodes promo because the Cody Rhodes marks out there are making me ill to my fucking stomach. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about EO. We're going to talk about the heel turn from Trish Stratus. And we're going to talk about whatever else you guys want to talk about tonight. On Off The Script, this is your Monday Night Raw post show for April 10th, 2023. Yes, I wanted Cody Rhodes to suffer, but I wanted him to suffer with logic. Logic. Common sense. Story. Cody being thrown into a Brock Lesnar feud is only going to show how forced it is. If I hear he's got to finish the fucking story one more time, I'm going to fucking pop a blood, a blood vessel. Fucking ridiculous. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Thank you for all the love on Twitter, man. We just hit 51,000 followers on Twitter. We just hit 50 this week, and we're already at 51, man. So you guys know where the best shit in the IWC is. It's right here on the channel. Thank you for that. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are almost at 145,000 subscribers on YouTube. Appreciate you guys very much for sticking with me here. Hit that thumbs up. We got 697 likes, man. We got 3,300 people in here. There's no, no, no doubt about it, man. We need 1,000 likes minimum. Minimum. So I need 300 likes. If you're in here, man, have not hit the thumbs up, do so, please. Helps me out tremendously. Super chats are open. Get them on and we'll hang out at the end of the show. 
Memberships are open, as you guys know. Become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. I uploaded an extra last night. Or yesterday afternoon, rather, on Easter Sunday. If you guys missed that, go check that out. Thank you for all the support on that. Over 2,000 likes and over 30,000 views on that OTS extra. We're talking about the hiring freeze from WWE, yet they signed Logan Paul today. Some hiring freeze, huh? I guess it doesn't really pertain to Mr. Paul. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Spoon. We're going to talk about Magic Spoon a little bit later on in the show, man. But if you guys want your cereal reimagined, if you want that nostalgia from childhood, Magic Spoon's got you covered, man, in the most healthiest of ways. MagicSpoon.com slash script. $5 off anything. When you order Magic Spoon, bro, go get yours today and make your mornings that much more special, man. Let's start at the top with Monday Night Raw. Going to get into it here. We open the show. With Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio made his ring entrance. And he's out there. And I'm assuming he was going to continue the storyline with Dominic and what happened with Bad Bunny. Last week on the show, Bad Bunny got chokeslammed through the announce table by Damian Priest. They replayed that. It looked great. I thought that was a great spot. One of the one of the uh, few highlights... One of the uh, rare highlights on last week's Abomination book by Vince McMahon. Ray is in the ring and he says he wants to pour his heart out to the fans because it's been a crazy year for him. He says he had a lot of ups and downs. He said last week should have been a dream come true going into the Hall of Fame. So fans chanted, you deserve it. You deserve it again at Ray Mysterio. He said he ended up facing his own son at WrestleMania. But he really wanted things to be different. So Dominic's music played, and he's out there, and he told Ray to keep his name out of his mouth. He says he's making things about himself. As always, Ray said Judgment Day aren't his real family. They're selfish idiots just using him. Dominic said that Ray is selfish because it's all about Ray getting whatever Ray wants. So we saw clips of the Judgment Day last week and what they did to Bad Bunny. Dominic said that it was music to his ears. Bad Bunny has a lot of great songs. But last week, it was music to my ears when Bunny was slammed through the table last week by Priest. Ray says he talked to Bunny and said he'll be back and he will make them regret putting their hands on him. Dominic said those are empty words. Ray then says to Dominic that he talks a big game, but he should man up and take care of things on his own tonight. Ray then suggested that they have a WrestleMania rematch. Dominic says he doesn't want to fight his own father, but he knows someone who will. And Finn Balor is out there wrestling Dominic Mysterio in the open. Now, kudos to Finn Balor here, man. Finn Balor was wrestling 
with staples in his head tonight coming out of WrestleMania. And I believe he's got a torn calf. So Balor is on another planet. Balor is not human. And he's out there wrestling injured. I guess he's good to go. I guess the calf uh, calf tear is not uh, all that bad. Otherwise, WWE would have never cleared Finn Balor to go out there and compete against Rey Mysterio. So we got this opening match, a complete, complete 180 from last week. I mean, last week we got Omos, not that you want to be reminded, Omos versus Elias, who neither one of them we saw tonight on the show. Go figure. Omos versus Elias last week. This week, we got Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio. Last week, in a commercial-free first hour, we got one minute and 41 seconds of pro wrestling. This match went 15 minutes. We got more wrestling in this one match than we did all last week on Monday Night Raw. Just about. How many minutes of wrestling did we get last week in a three-hour show? 20-something minutes? Thanks to Vince McMahon. Triple H said, fuck this shit. I'm sending my best guy out there, one of my best guys out there, and, and Rey Mysterio, and they're going to tear the house down. They went 15 minutes. Got to love it. Very good television match between these two. Rey and Balor work excellent together. So Rey was being beaten down by Finn Balor. He started to make a babyface comeback, and he attempted a 619. He was cut off by Balor with a clothesline. Beautiful, beautiful clothesline. He jumped off the ropes for the 619. He missed. He flips through the ropes, and Balor jumps off the other end and hits a clothesline. Nicely done. Balor followed with a shotgun dropkick. Ray brought him down from the top with a Huron Karana. Gets a two count. Ray then hit the 619, but Balor got his knees up on the frog splash attempt and transitioned into a small package. I legitimately thought that was the three count there for Finn Balor, but it was not, and Ray kicked out. Balor distracted the referee. Dominic is out there in Balor's corner. He tried to hit Ray with a steel chain. Same steel chain he tried to use at WrestleMania. And Ray ducked it. He chucked Balor to the outside and hit both guys, both Dominic and Finn, with a suicide dive. Ref was checking on Balor. Dominic then, anyway, hits Ray with the steel chain behind the referee's back. Balor... Season opening, Ray's on his back. He climbs the top rope. He hits the coup de grace for the one, two, three. Balor gets the victory over Rey Mysterio. And that opens Monday Night Raw. They are building towards a tag team match. Is Santos going to be included? I I don't know. Could it be a six-man tag? Maybe. I have no idea. Depends on how WWE wants to go about it. I could see Rey, Bad Bunny, and Santos Escobar versus Finn, Dominic, and Priest. Now, they may just want to keep the two-on-two, being that this is just Damian Priest and Dominic's problem, and then obviously Ray teaming with Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico as Bad Bunny's also hosting Backlash. They could go either way with it. Either way, I'm fine, and it's going to be a fun-ass match. That's the way I see it. This is the best storyline. It's kind of losing a little bit of steam Seems like WWE's treading water and they got the wheels turning and it's not really going anywhere. Bad Bunny is not there, so they can't really do much of anything as far as his contributions to the build. But, you know, it's the same thing with Dominic and Ray. I think we've heard it all at this point. I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to keep this up and keep this going. I've seen a lot of different predictions out there, a lot of different narratives. 
I've been saying this for weeks. I don't know how long Santos is going to be on board with teaming with Rey Mysterio. You know, they, they got the Latino world order together for a reason. And I don't think that reason is Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Dominic Mysterio is coming into his own. We got the WWE draft coming up. Who's to say maybe there's a possibility of Santos turning on Ray quicker than we thought and then aligning Legato and the LWO with Dominic Mysterio. Now, Dominic would have to be split from Judgment Day. I don't know how likely that is. The draft is coming up, and you know how Vince, if you don't think Vince is going to have his hands in splitting up fucking teams or Vince is not going to get his hands dirty with this WWE draft, he is going to be all over this thing. If you think the draft is going to happen without any Vince McMahon involvement, you may be, you may be, uh, you may be dumb. You may not know what you're watching here. I, I don't know if WWE's planning up, uh, is planning on breaking up any teams. I don't know why you would break up Judgment Day, but I've seen some narratives floating around out there that Dominic Mysterio could ultimately lead the Latino world order. I don't know. It's a possibility. You know, him and the whole Eddie thing, they got that going on. It would fit. Dominic leading his own stable. Is he ready for that? Is he old enough for that? I don't know. I don't know. But this tag team match is going to be very interesting enough uh, at Backlash. And then we'll see what happens because the draft is supposedly happening the following Monday on Monday Night Raw following Backlash. So uh, we will see what happens. I actually, no, I don't think, I don't think we've got an announced date for the draft. I don't know why I keep saying after backlash. I think it actually may be sooner than that. So we'll see. But uh, any confirmation on that and any, any news that we get on that, I'll let you guys know. I, I would assume it's after backlash. I don't know why, I don't know why they would do it before. But uh, stranger things have happened in WWE, and it's not really up to Triple H. It's when Vince McMahon wants the fucking draft to happen. So we will uh, we will see what happens with that. But I'm excited for the match nonetheless. It seems that WWE, though, is uh, treading water with this Dominic and Ray stuff. Seems like it's the same thing over and over again. Nothing really new brought to the table here. But the inclusion of Bad Bunny is going to make for some exciting stuff in Puerto Rico at Backlash. Max Dupree, or Maxine Dupree, rather. Not Matt. I don't want to see Max Dupree ever again, man. Maxine Dupree was with Otis and Gable. Chad Gable and Otis were wrestling the Usos on tonight's show. Kathy Kelly interviewed Gable and Otis, and then Maxine walked in and said, Otis... Looked delicious, as always. Uh, Gives you guys a chance out there, man. Maxine may like him large. I don't know. So we'll see. She said, Gable looks like a gremlin. Off to the side you go. All of a sudden, there's this commotion in the back. And Kathy Kelly stops the interview. And she says, go film this. Go see what's going on back there. Turn around the corner. And all of a sudden, you see Lita down, holding her head. She's on the floor. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan were on the scene. Uh, I knew right away that they did not attack uh, Lita because Liv Morgan was like, we didn't do it, we didn't do it. We're, we're only here helping her. So Lita was on the floor and Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus showed up and seemed to suspect that Rodriguez and Morgan had something to do with it. No, that was not the case at all. I don't think Liv Morgan or Smiley Raquel have it within them to do something so dastardly. She would not be Smiley Raquel at that point. 
So all of a sudden, we get a Becky Lynch interview after a commercial break. And Becky looked concerned and angry. She looked sad. She said that Lita was sent to a local medical facility. I wonder who's scripting Becky Lynch's promos nowadays. Certainly at Triple H. A local medical facility, folks. Dun, dun, dun. You know who's back. He may be sitting there for all we know. And she has her suspicions who is responsible and she will make them pay. Becky said Trish offered to replace Lita. Trish walked in and said that she'd do it for Lita. Becky said it's happening right now. So we got this women's tag team title match happening. Becky Lynch filling in for Lita is Trish Stratus against Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. This was one of the most botchiest, sloppiest, unentertaining tag team matches I've seen in a very, very long time. It almost looked like none of them knew how to wrestle out there. I I don't know what else to tell you guys. I, I mean, if you watched the show tonight, you saw what happened. You know what I'm talking about. No communication. It looked like everybody had fucking two left feet. Nothing went on in there that looked good. Trish was sloppy. Becky had miscommunications with Trish Stratus. Trish had miscommunications with Liv and Raquel. It it seemingly looked like Becky was the only one who knew what the fuck she was doing in there, for the most part. But it really looked like four amateurs in there. Four rookies. And, And every week we say... Women's wrestling needs to be better. Women's wrestling needs to be better. WWE needs to make the division better. I don't see how this makes the division better. I don't. Because I don't know what you guys saw, but I saw a fucking god-awful tag team title match. Does it even matter what happened in that ring? Probably not. Morgan made a hot tag to Rodriguez after a commercial break. Rodriguez hit Lynch with a fallaway slam and a twisting senton for a two count. Lynch came back with a missile dropkick. Lynch repeatedly headbutted Rodriguez and Stratus brought her down off the top with a her and Karana. Lynch followed with a leg drop for two. Little miscommunication there on that between the two ladies. Rodriguez gave Lynch consecutive backbreakers before assisting Morgan in hitting a tornado DDT for two. Sloppy. Lynch drove Morgan's face. Face first into the turnbuckle, which led to a Tower of Doom spot where Rodriguez brought all three women down with a powerbomb. Then there was this clunky, just sloppy spot where Lynch gave Rodriguez a diamond dust, one of her signature moves, while also landing on Liv Morgan with a leg drop. But I don't know what the fuck happened on on this move. It looked like Rodriguez slammed into her own tag team partner. Don't know what happened here. Stratus looked like she wanted to get involved, but the referee was kind of motioning for her not to get involved and eventually shoved Rodriguez to the side and the crowd just died because they saw the sloppiness happening right before them. They traded spots until Stratus gave Rodriguez a Stratus faction, which looked decent. Morgan gave Lynch a code breaker, but Lynch countered into an oblivion. 
uh, or, or countered an oblivion into a manhandle slam. Rodriguez broke up the cover. Lynch wiped out Rodriguez outside the ring. Trish Stratus went for her chick kick, but Morgan ducked it, applied a schoolboy for a pinfall, and Liv Morgan pins Trish Stratus to win the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. This is Rodriguez's second tag team partner and second tag team championship in her short stint on the main roster. It doesn't really mean much of anything. She won the tag team titles the first go around with Aaliyah. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Nobody cares to remember that. Now her tag team partner is Liv Morgan, and she's a two-time women's tag team champion. So Lynch helped Stratus up after the match was over because Trish was so stunned. She was just sitting on her ass in the ring, pondering what happened. And you kind of saw what was going on here, but before we got the heel turn from Trish, I there was a part of me where I thought for some weird reason that it was going to be Becky turning on Trish instead of Trish turning on Becky. I was, I was deep down in me. I thought it was going to be Becky for some reason. I was actually hoping it, was be, it would be Becky so I could fucking rant, bitch, and complain about it. Because you know who turned Becky Lynch heel and made her into fucking uh, a uh, walking Lord of the Rings narrative on Monday Night Raw. But it ended up being Trish Stratus, and she turned heel. Becky turned her back on Trish, and all of a sudden Stratus, I don't know what the fuck it was, a slap, a forearm, a clothesline, I, I don't know. But she knocked Becky Lynch down into the ropes from behind. Becky gets up and Trish eventually knocks her back down with a chick kick. And that was it. I I don't know what to tell you, man. I I don't know what to tell you. I I feel like the WWE just doesn't get it. They just don't get it. Trish Stratus and Lita were a cool addition to the WrestleMania card. It's fine. I know Triple H didn't book it. Totally a Vince McMahon move. Doesn't really fit Triple H's narrative with what he wants from the women's division. This is a man who booked the NXT women's division on black and gold to the very best of his ability. He had to go through a complete drought and a complete rebuild of the division. And even in the drought, going into the rebuild of the division, when the four horsewomen got brought up to the main roster, he still delivered the best women's division in all of WWE. Because that's when we got to see the Rhea Ripley's and the and the Bianca Belair's and the Tony Storms of the NXT developmental system. It was fine going into WrestleMania, but if you're asking me after what we've seen from Lita, who I think's great, I think she's great, and Trish Stratus, who's a Hall of Famer, both ladies are Hall of Famers. There's nothing that they can do. That's going to make you dislike who they are. But if you want me to get excited about a Becky Lynch babyface versus Trish Stratus heel, after what we've seen from Trish and Lita's body of work so far, I don't think I can do that. I honestly think they bring the division down a notch. Yeah, they're Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're major names, 
But what does it say about the women's division in 2023 when Piper Niven, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, who was on the show tonight, and all the Nikki Cross and all these other women who are neglected every single week, who are not in major storylines, are never are never given opportunities to be in major storylines. How do you think they feel and how do you think that looks to the WWE audience? Knowing that they are back there, but WWE is pushing Trish Stratus in the, right now, top program on Monday Night Raw with Becky Lynch. Don't you find that to be somewhat counterproductive? Or am I alone in this? Same thing with Lita. I don't know why we need Lita back on television now. The fuck, what, what, what purpose does she serve? She played the role of a transitional champion with Becky Lynch and was the target of a Trish Stratus heel turn. Goodbye. Then Becky beats Trish. What does this do for Becky Lynch? Honestly, ask yourself that question. What does this do for Becky Lynch? A woman who's been handed everything. A woman who is as over as anybody in the entire company. What does this do to enhance Becky Lynch, nothing. Meanwhile, Becky, I should say WWE, Becky and WWE could be enhancing somebody else in that division who needs a little shine going on into a draft or going on into a pay-per-view or, or something like that. Meanwhile, we got Trish Stratus. That's all I'm saying. That's all I really care about. I don't like it. I didn't like it then. I never liked it. I always have a problem with part-timers coming in and taking spots away from people who should be on the show. They do nothing to build up those other women. Piper Niven, silence. Mia Yim, silence. Candice LeRae, silence. Nikki Cross, silence. If you put as much resources and effort into building your actual division as you do Trish Stratus and Lita and Becky, maybe we, maybe we would be better off than where we are right now. That's all I'm saying. It's only for whatever WWE's reasons are. They need stars. They need attractions. Meanwhile, the entire division is crumbling and it's fucking terrible. And then you want to go out there and spout Evolution or revolution. There's no fucking revolution in WWE anymore. There isn't. There isn't. You're being fed that by some fucking mock podcaster who don't know jack shit. You're being fed that by the WWE machine. There is no revolution in WWE anymore. You know who's doing what she needs to do to create a revolution again? Mercedes. That's who's creating a revolution. Not this shit. Then you want to know why she never went back there. And why Trinity didn't go back there. Fucking ridiculous. It's like we're going backwards. 
But nobody gives a fuck. JD's a womanizer. JD's a sexist. JD's all this shit. Meanwhile, I just spent five minutes talking about why women's wrestling should be better off in WWE and why I don't think Becky Lynch is benefiting from a feud with Trish Stratus. What does it do for you, for Becky, for Trish? What does it do? Is Liv Morgan more over because she pinned Trish Stratus? No. No, she's not. You can believe that in your old fucking fantasy mind, fantasy world. Was she over? Was she more over when she pinned Ronda Rousey? No, she wasn't. She actually felt worse. It's the same thing. Don't really get it. I don't understand it. Women's wrestling sucks in WWE. It's all I know. Russell Wagner, man, listen, if you weren't if you weren't a member, bro, I'd have to get rid of you. Mercedes is three years past her prime. She's 30 years old, bro. Or are you saying that because Bruce and Laurenitis said that in a sarcastic way? They thought she was past her prime. Meanwhile, she's showing you why she is the best women's wrestler in the world. I love the love Mercedes is getting online from what she did in her match with Kyrie and what she just did this past week and for uh, New Japan or Stardom or wh- wherever she was, Bushi Road. Great match. Great match. Love to see the love that she's getting online. Now you're going to see. You're going to see. And then when she makes it to AEW and she's in the ring with a... Jamie Hayter, it's going to be even on a bigger stage because she's going to be at Forbidden Door and she's going to be at Wembley and they're going to give her mega matches. Just watch. A revolution is happening and it's not in the WWE. Mercedes is the best female wrestler in the entire world. There's nobody even close. Moving on. Kathy Kelly spoke to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was there. Most of the bloodline was there. All of the bloodline was there, except for Roman Reigns. She asked if he can provide any insight into Brock Lesnar's actions last week. Heyman deflected to talking about Kevin Owens and Solo Sokoa, which we've seen countless times before. He said, Owens isn't just a problem. He has a problem. He said, Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle aren't there due to flight delays. He accused them of intentionally missing a flight to Raw because they were scared of Solo Sokoa. He hinted that the Usos might help solve the Owens problem after noting Owens has no friends at Raw. For all the people in the chat saying, no, she's not. No, she's not. Who, who's better? Who's better? Who, uh, out of all the women in the United States, who's better? I, I don't understand you. No, she's not. No, she's not. Are you fucking serious? No, she's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. Who's better? I'd love for you to tell me Charlotte Flair is better than Mercedes Monet. Let me see. Let me see. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna halt the podcast to see what this fucking retarded chat. Has to say. Some of you fucking geeks in the chat. I want to say. I want to say. Jamie Hayter is not better than Mercedes. Get the fuck out of here. Give me a break. 
I want to say, Jamie Hayter is not better than Mercedes. She's not. No one. No one. Thunder Rosa is better than Mercedes? No, she's not. No, she's not. Now, everybody got quiet now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, got, everybody's going to the Jamie Hayter card. Okay. Sure thing, guys. Sure thing. J- J- Jamie Hayter is better than Mercedes. Okay. Sure. Rhea Ripley is not better than Mercedes. You guys are fucking crazy. Rhea Ripley is not better than Mercedes. You, you guys are just lying. You're just lying. Bianca Belair is not a better wrestler than Mercedes. She's not. Clearly, as I thought, a lot of unintelligent answers in the chat. Okay. Just, uh, ju- just as I suspected. Asuka, Asuka. Everybody goes to the fucking go-to Asuka. Sure thing. Moving on. Bailey. Bailey walked out. She was in Adam Pierce's locker room or Adam Pierce's office and told EO and Dakota that he wanted to talk to him or to them about getting them a tag team title match. But Pierce only wanted to talk about the draft. So Bailey went in there wanting to get a tag team title match. Clearly, that didn't happen. Pierce only wanted to talk about the draft. She said that he offered her a match against Piper Niven and Meachin later, with the winner getting a title match against Bianca Belair. Bailey said when she beats Belair that she will give her more le- that will give her more leverage to get them a tag team title match. Io did not look happy. She spoke very angrily in Japanese. Dakota said it should be one of them getting a title opportunity, not Bailey. She's gotten hers time and time and time again. And Bailey said she didn't know they felt that way. She'd go and talk to Adam Pierce again and get one of them in the match instead. So you see the cracks starting to form in damage control. And we are starting to see this group split apart, which is the best thing, honestly, to get these ladies all separated, and it may actually happen in the draft. I don't think that they'll actually break them up in traditional ways. I I think they'll be broken up via the draft. Bailey will go somewhere else, and then EO and Dakota may split on on their own because they get drafted away from Bailey. I don't know. Or maybe Bailey just ruins the whole fucking title match with EO and Bianca whenever that happens, and then kind of shows where she lies with damage control and the and the split happens that way. I don't know. But I think the most probable way of it happening is that they split them up via the draft because Vince gets his his uh he just loves splitting up teams. And this is a team he'd love to split up in the draft. Move Bailey over to SmackDown and, and keep EO and, and Dakota on Monday Night Raw. So we'll see what happens there. Bobby Lashley, he went one-on-one with Bronson Reed. Now, I was kind of intrigued by this match tonight. This match actually was born from the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on the go-home show for WrestleMania. These two guys were, I believe, the final two in the ring. And Bobby Lashley ended up winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. This was fun. It was sloppy, 
and it was a botch fest, but this was fun because I don't know how anybody doesn't like Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley clashing like two fucking, two bulls in there. This was a big, big Haas fight here tonight on Monday Night Raw. Sloppy, but it was fun and entertaining. And they beat the shit out of each other. And you saw big guys flying around and big guys being lifted up and slammed down to the mat. All in all, it was an entertaining match. So, Lashley is down at ringside because Bronson Reed leapt off the apron and knocked him down on the outside. Lashley was being beaten down during the commercial break. So, we go to commercial break. We come back and Lashley is starting to make a babyface comeback here. He landed a neck breaker after the commercial, and then he started playing up to the crowd, and he actually suplexed Bronson Reed. Bobby Lashley's a fucking freak, man. He's crazy. Crowd popped, obviously, for Bobby Lashley lifting up the 350-pound Bronson Reed. So Lashley then went for the hurt lock on Bronson, which was going to be difficult. He couldn't get his fingers locked because Bronson Reed is the size of a fucking building. Bronson Reed leapt backwards, fell onto Lashley's right shoulder, right arm. I I legitimately thought when Bronson Reed fell back in the hurt lock, he legitimately hurt Bobby Lashley. I don't know. Thank God he didn't because the size of a guy like Bronson Reed falling back on your arm like that and crushing your arm underneath him not really uh, not really a pleasant experience. So he made the cover. Lashley kicked out. Bronson Reed, then I rake Lashley, and then leapt off the second rope with a devastating Thez press. Imagine Bronson Reed flying off the second turnbuckle with a fucking Luthez press. That's exactly what he did to Bobby Lashley. So Lashley is there. He gets up. He caught a charging Bronson Reed with a one-arm choke slam, and Lashley went for the hurt lock again. Fans are chanting Bobby, and Reed powered Lashley through the ropes out to the floor. Lashley threw Bronson Reed around ringside. Bronson Reed then throws Lashley into the ring post, and these guys get double counted out around 10 minutes or so after the bell rang and the countout was declared. Lashley and Bronson Reed battle at ringside, near the Andre the Giant trophy. A bunch of referees and officials rang out to ringside and tried to separate them. Lashley broke free, attacked Bronson again, crowd popped, and it was exciting. The crowd loved it. They ate it up. I mean, it's just it's just a good-looking match on paper, you know? It's Bobby Lashley, who is as strong as anybody in the fucking company, and then you got Bronson Reed, who is as big as a fucking building, So to see Bobby Lashley throw somebody like Bronson Reed around, it's good shit. It really is. This is the type of shit that Vince McMahon would love to see on his television show. I get it. I'm a big fan of Bronson Reed. I am. You know, the match was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. Did they botch here and there? Sure. Was it sloppy? Sure. You're going to have a messy match when you're dealing with this sheer fucking strength and size and weight. In this match, it ended up being entertaining. It looks like we're getting another match from these two. It may happen at Backlash. I have no idea. This is something very good for Bobby Lashley to get himself involved in. This is something very good for Bronson Reed 
to get himself involved in. I said this during the WrestleMania post show. And I said this on the SmackDown uh, right before WrestleMania during that go-home show. Bobby Lashley was given the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal as a token. Hey, guy, I'm sorry. I know Bray Wyatt didn't work out. We don't got you on the WrestleMania card. We're going to give you the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. And uh, this is like a consolation prize for Bobby Lashley. Then he goes into a feud with Bronson Reed. And now you got the problem of keeping Lashley strong while at the same time you can't beat Bronson Reed. So I have no problem. Normally I would be like a fuck finish or a non-decisive finish, count out, double count out, DQ, typical WWE special. But I don't mind this. I don't mind this outcome here because this was the only outcome that made sense. You can't beat Bobby Lashley because he hasn't really done much of anything. His momentum was fucking killed going into WrestleMania. And Bronson Reed hasn't really been pinned one-on-one, but hasn't really been pinned at all one-on-one. The only time he was pinned was inside Hell in a Cell, but it took everybody in the cell to deliver their finishing move to pin Bronson Reed inside the Elimination Chamber. Hell in a Cell. Elimination Chamber. So he was pinned, but it took three or four guys to fucking knock him out. Now he's wrestling Bobby Lashley. And you can't beat him now. You got to keep him strong. So I'd keep these guys at a stalemate and I'd keep these guys going until we get to backlash. And then when Bronson Reed is in the ring with Bobby Lashley, when it matters, that's when you give him the win. Bronson Reed needs to beat Bobby Lashley. And like I said before, I said this on the WrestleMania go-home show, it certainly feels like Bobby Lashley is going to be one of those middle-of-the-road talents that doesn't really have much to do He's going to be one of those bigger name guys that is going to be used as an enhancement talent to get guys like Bronson Reed over. I mean, you may think that's unfair. You may think that's a shit spot for Bobby Lashley. He may think that's a shit spot for Bobby Lashley. But Bronson Reed is the type of guy that needs to be beating Bobby Lashley. What good? Honestly, ask yourself this question. What good would it do Bobby Lashley to beat somebody like Bronson Reed. You do realize that you cannot make the same mistake with Bronson Reed that you made with Omos. You can't. Omos has lost to everybody. Omos has lost to Braun Strowman. Omos has lost to Brock Lesnar. Omos has lost to Bobby Lashley. No matter what happens with Omos, no matter who he's in the ring with, Omos doesn't have any, and I mean any, legitimacy against anybody that is his same size or of same build. He's a loser. So they already did wrong with Omas. Why doesn't nobody like Omas? There you go. They treated him like a loser. He comes off like a loser. If Bronson Reed can't beat somebody like Bobby Lashley, everybody that he's in the ring with, that's the same stature and body type of Bobby Lashley. Why would you take him serious? Why would you give him a fighting chance to win? You can't do that to him. He beats someone like Bobby Lashley. He goes on to the next guy that looks like Bobby Lashley, and he fucking takes care of him, and he's going to be legitimate going into that match. You got to pay it forward. You got to be careful with guys like this. You make one fucking mistake, and their legitimacy goes out the fucking window. Cody. 
What do you want to talk about? Cody Rhodes. He's in Seattle. He's in the ring. He asked Seattle, what do you want to talk about? It's kind of played out. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way. What do you want to talk about? I don't think it gets the biggest pop of the night. I don't think it gets the big pop that he anticipates it getting. It should be reserved for only those big moments. What do you want to talk about? If something crazy happens. So he said in recent months he was talking about the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and finishing his story. He said at WrestleMania 39, he lost the ex-fans to blame no one but him. You know, I don't know where they go with narratives like this, but why would I blame Cody Rhodes? Honestly, why would we blame Cody Rhodes for losing at WrestleMania when we know the bloodline cheated to win? There's nothing Cody Rhodes could do about it. The Usos were out there. Solo Sokoa was out there. Roman Reigns took advantage. It was really a three-on-one situation until Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens got in there. And the bloodline is just too big in number. So why are we blaming Cody Rhodes? If there's anybody to blame, blame me. No. I'm not going to blame you. Why would I blame you? They cheated to win. You said it last week. He said it last week. How many times have you won a match without the help of your bloodline? He threw it right in Roman's face last week. Now this week, he wants us to blame him? Or am I losing my fucking mind? Or did I completely miss the plot here? I don't know why he's blaming Roman last week and now he's blaming blaming himself. So fucking stupid. Or maybe I maybe I misunderstood what he said last week. Maybe I fell asleep during his promo. He says he didn't calculate for the lengths Reigns would be willing to go. Bro, you just said last week that they don't win matches without helping each other. Now this week, he can't calculate the lengths Roman Reigns would go. Who writes this shit? I mean, did somebody completely just bypass what we heard last week? I don't get it. I lost and I'm sorry. Fine. He says he heard from his friend Matt afterward that being in the main event was huge his friend Matt huh who's Matt Matt Jackson I know Matt Cardona was on Twitter tonight tweeting at Cody hi Cody is it Matt Cardona or is it an inside reference to the EVPs so the geeks on social media are gonna have fun uh, fun interrogating and uh, instigating and uh, investigating all that uh, comes with this one line. Who's Matt? Who's Matt? Could be Cody's next door fucking neighbor for all we fucking know. Who cares? 
His friend asked if wins and losses matter at this point in his career. Wins and losses never mattered in WWE. I don't know why they would matter now at this point in Cody's career. Could be Matt Hardy, could be Matt Jackson, could be Matt Cardona, could be Daddy Magic. It could be Daddy Magic. Honestly, it could be Daddy Magic. Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Yeah, Cody Rhodes talking about Daddy Magic on Monday Night Raw. That's what makes his nipples hard. Could be anybody. Could be Matt Riddle. Could be Matt Bloom from NXT. So, his friend asked him about wins and losses mattering at this point in his career. He said having moments without caring about winning or losing is for people who have already told their stories. He brought up Heyman saying that if Cody were to ever challenge for the title again, he has to earn it. Now, I want you guys to pay attention to what Cody said during this part of the promo. Okay, this is what angered me. This is why I get angry. And this is why I said Cody needed adversity. Cody needed to struggle. There wasn't enough story between him and Roman on the road to WrestleMania. You using Dusty and Stardust and all this other shit, dashing and all this other shit were cop-out reasons for his finish the story narrative. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear about that shit. I want to hear about the fucking reason why Cody left the company because of that shit, went to the indies, started AEW, became an EVP, became the nightmare, the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and now he is in WWE. I want to know about why he did all that to come back here. So Heyman says that Cody, if he were to ever challenge for the title again, he has to earn it. Cody said that tends that he tends to dismiss his entire career and life. He said, earn it. I am it, he says. Then he got really angry and looked into the camera as he said it. He said, the unfinished tale has a whole new wrinkle. He brought up Brock Lesnar. He says, it was embarrassing to wake up the day after coming up short at WrestleMania and ending up destroyed at Monday Night Raw. So he's got to earn it. I am it. He says he went to the indies. He did what he had to do. He became an EVP. He did the stardust. He did this. He did that. And he cycled back to where he is now. Earn it. I am it. I've been through it. I'm sorry. Why are you telling me this now on Monday Night Raw? Why is Cody telling me this now on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is over when this should have been the narrative? Everything that he said here, everything that he really talked about in regards to Heyman, Heyman telling him he has to earn it. Everything he said in regards to this promo at that point, he should have been telling to Roman Reigns. But he didn't. He should have been telling this shit to the bloodline. He should have been telling this shit to Paul Heyman. But he did not on the road to WrestleMania. He wants to tell me now after WrestleMania is over. That should have been the narrative going into WrestleMania. I never said you didn't earn it. But you got to tell me why you did what you did 
to earn it. That's the time that WWE did not have enough of on the road to WrestleMania. It's very difficult, and this is why I've been proclaiming this on this show. If Cody did not get injured, then this would be a different story. You see why I felt it was rushed and why it was not enough time. Everybody wanted to live in the moment. And granted, what they did with Sammy and KO at WrestleMania, it was a great moment. I would have been fine with the ending if they went and gave Cody the title. But if you take what he did coming out of the Elimination Chamber, what he did with Roman coming out of the Chamber and them starting the build to WrestleMania, was that enough time to warrant a title change? No, it was not. If Roman was looking at a Cody who did not get injured, then they would have had enough time to tell that story. The injury really dampened the entire experience. This is why we are here now. This is why Cody is looking at the mountain of Brock Lesnar and whatever else he's going to have to struggle through to get to Roman. When he gets to Roman, I don't know. Could Brock Lesnar be step one? Could King of the Ring be step two? I don't know. But Brock Lesnar is step one. Whatever comes next, obviously we're going to have to wait and find out. But Cody did not have enough time going into WrestleMania against Roman Reigns to warrant a title change. But what he's saying here with Paul Heyman, to Paul Heyman, to Seattle, he should have been proclaiming that on the road to WrestleMania. No doubt about it. I don't want to be hearing this narrative now on fucking April 10th when you're about to embark on a, on a feud and in a match with Brock Lesnar. Should have been saying this to Roman Reigns on the road to WrestleMania. So, he brought up Lesnar. He says it was embarrassing to wake up the day after coming up short at WrestleMania and ended up destroyed at Raw. He said he heard that Lesnar was unhappy with his spot at WrestleMania. He says he can almost understand Brock being upset that the event wasn't more about him. I don't think Brock Lesnar gives a shit. Do you genuinely want me to believe that Brock Lesnar gave a fuck about where he, where he fell on the WrestleMania card? If Brock Lesnar knows he can't wrestle for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, what is there to complain about? You can't wrestle for the championship as long as Roman Reigns is the champion. That was the stipulation coming out of the match at SummerSlam. What is he upset about? If he wanted to wrestle Gunther, he should have gone out there and wrestled Gunther. I don't see anybody else upset with their WrestleMania fucking spot. Brock Lesnar went on night two in match number one. That means everybody's upset about their WrestleMania fucking spot. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, they're upset about their WrestleMania spot. Charlotte Flair's upset about her WrestleMania spot. Ric Flair is upset for Charlotte not main eventing. Rhea Ripley's upset, right? She didn't main event. She won the fucking Royal Rumble, Brock. You don't see Rhea Ripley crying that she didn't main event WrestleMania. Who else was on the fucking show? Bianca Belair, Asuka, Seth Rollins. 
Logan Paul. The entire fucking show should be upset about that WrestleMania card. Brock went on first. You want me to believe that Brock is upset about his WrestleMania spot when all he gives a shit about is being paid and going home early. Brock was just happy to be a part of the festivities and get paid. You want me to believe this narrative about him being upset opening WrestleMania on night two? Bullshit. He says he also thinks Brock is uncertain about him because he brought change that would affect him. Cody Rhodes being in the WWE has brought change that would affect Brock Lesnar. How the fuck would that affect Brock Lesnar? If Cody beats Roman Reigns for the world championship, that affects Brock Lesnar in a good way. Because then Brock Lesnar would be able to challenge for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship again because he can't do it against Roman. Austin Theory. Austin Theory would be upset with this spot, right? He opened the show against John, John Cena opened WrestleMania. You, know, you don't see John Cena complaining on Instagram, on Twitter, right? So we got two terrible narratives here. We got Brock Lesnar being upset that he opened WrestleMania and that Brock Lesnar is uncertain about Cody because with him being in the WWE, it would bring change that would affect Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's there how many days out of the year? There's 365 days in a calendar year. Brock maybe works 20 of those 365 days. Maybe 25, pushing it. Works two or three matches a year, four matches tops. How would Cody being in the WWE affect Brock Lesnar and change Brock? I, I mean, this, this, this is the net. This is four weeks, supposedly. Sap said four weeks. This is four weeks worth of fucking getting together and bumping heads in creative. What change? What change? Brock Lesnar should be okay with Cody Rhodes beating Roman Reigns because that would mean a championship match for Brock Lesnar because he can't challenge Roman Reigns for the championship as long as he's champion. He asked why Lesnar waited until his back was turned. He said he knows Lesnar is listening. Is he? I doubt Lesnar's watching Raw. He said when Lesnar looks in the mirror, he sees a former NCAA heavyweight wrestling champion a UFC champion. Cody said when Lesnar was a rookie, he saw Rock as a victim. He listed big wins in UFC and in WWE. He asked Lesnar if he sees a victim when he looks at him. He says if someone asked him if he's scared of Brock Lesnar, the answer would be yes. I'd be crazy not to be scared of Brock Lesnar, but I would still want to fight Brock Lesnar. He said when Lesnar blinks, He'll strike, and when he stumbles, I'll pounce. He said when Lesnar looks in the mirror, when he's done with him, he will see prey for the first time, not predatory. He said Lesnar will be his victim. We got zero explanation here. We got zero explanation here. And if you are trying desperately 
Because I already have people fucking, did you listen to the promo? Did you listen? Did you watch the whole promo? Yeah, I listened to it. Motherfucker, I listened to it. Still waiting for an answer. Was there an explanation as to why this makes sense? The answer is no. Why do you care? Says the geek online. Why do I care? Because when I watch something, I want it to matter. That's why. When I watch something between two huge superstars embroiled in a feud and ready to embark on a storyline leading into a pay-per-view match, I want it to make sense. That's why. Do you fucking mind? Zero, and I mean zero explanation. But we had four weeks Four weeks this was in the works. Planned for four weeks. Bullshit. Planned for 24 hours. Vince fucking got back to his hotel room, called Bruce up. Ah, Bruce, I want to feud Cody with Brock. Fuck my son-in-law. That's good shit, pal. It's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. Lesnar's upset with his spot at WrestleMania, and apparently Brock Lesnar sees Cody Rhodes as a victim. And he's upset that Cody's going to bring change to the WWE. What, what change? What change? Positive change. Positive change for Brock and the WWE. I'm sorry, this doesn't make sense. All the Cody enthusiasts, all the Cody Rhodes stands out there in their feelings on my Twitter. Fuck off and get the fuck out. You don't want somebody throwing it back at you with fucking common sense and logic because it doesn't fit your narrative. I'm sorry. I don't work that way. I don't like it. And it doesn't make sense. I'm gonna fucking tell you. You could go to clean. You could go to the supermarket and go buy a box of Kleenex. For all I fucking care to wipe the fucking tears, the tears that you cry to me because I'm telling you how it is. Man, oh man, I got enough to fill my entire refrigerator full of liquid death. You fucking break. Zero. Zero cents. No, but let's do Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes at Backlash because Roman's not going to be there. Let's do Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes because Vince McMahon is living in 2012. How are we going to follow the John Cena mechanic? We got to follow the John Cena storyline. That worked back then, pal. I'm sorry. Cody Rhodes is not John Cena and John Cena is not Cody Rhodes. Why are we putting Cody Rhodes in a position to fucking mimic a John Cena storyline? I don't understand it. I I don't really get it. This is what Vince McMahon is doing. He's modeling Cody Rhodes off of John Cena. And this will be nauseating. The reason why we liked Cody Rhodes is because he's organic, he's natural, he's real. He's a real human being. If WWE is going to start forcing Cody Rhodes down our throat, I mean, the casual fucking fan base is going to fall in love with him. They are in love with him. But the hardcore fan base is going to be sick to their fucking stomach 
over the fact that Cody Rhodes is being forced down our throat, just like this feud is being forced down our throat for no rhyme or reason. There's no explanation. It doesn't make sense. The explanations that they gave us are fucking putrid. Oh, Brock is upset with his WrestleMania spot. Brock looks at Cody as a victim because Cody brings change to the company. Who books this shit? Who writes this shit? What an awful fucking narrative. That's the best you got? Cody should not be modeled after John Cena. I'm sorry. Why do we got to recycle? We we see recycled storylines in NXT. Shawn Michaels has this thing where he's recycling his own storylines in NXT. Then we got Vince recycling 2012. John Cena. Brock Lesnar angle with Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes in 2023. I, I mean, holy shit. How soon before the fucking hardcore fan base abandons Cody Rhodes and says, fuck this shit. Not good, folks. Not good. Sorry. Moving on. Going into hour number three. Usos. They were in the ring with Chad Gable and Otis. Tag team action tonight. This match went 11 minutes. I love tag team wrestling, man. I love tag team wrestling. We need to see tag team wrestling like this every single week on either Raw or SmackDown. Now, before I get into what I want to say, I I enjoy this. I I think Chad Gable is easily one of the best things about both Raw and SmackDown. And... The Usos worked together here. They took down Gable. They knocked Otis off the apron with some super kicks. Otis made the hot tag to Gable eventually. And he had his way with the Usos, throwing his weight around. He gave each of them a world's strongest slam. Covered Jimmy Uso for a two count. He did the Caterpillar, which popped the crowd in Seattle. Alpha Academy followed with a, uh, I think, a Steiner-like move. But... Jay broke up the cover with a super kick on Chad Gable. Usos couldn't knock down Otis with dives, so they super kicked him over the announce desk. Gable wiped out the Usos with a moonsault to the outside, and he followed with a diving headbutt on Jimmy for a close near fall. Crowd was really wanting a three there. They popped big for Otis and Gable there. Jay tagged in, saved Jimmy from a chaos theory suplex from Gable. Usos super kicked Gable and gave him the 1D for the win. Very fun match. Very fun match. Um, if there's one thing that the WWE needs to do, if there's one thing the WWE needs to do at the draft, during the draft, before the draft, it should have been something the WWE did eight years ago. WWE needs to merge the tag team divisions. I say this every year. It's like I'm speaking to a wall. The WWE needs to merge the tag team divisions. They need to unify the men's tag team titles, okay? There should be no reason 
why the women's tag team titles have a different set of rules from the men's tag team titles. The women's tag team titles can go from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw, Raw to NXT, SmackDown to NXT, NXT to SmackDown, NXT to Raw. They can float anywhere they want. Why can't the men's tag team titles do that? Then I got geeks arguing with me online. Oh, there's enough tag teams to fit both divisions. No, there's not. There never has been. What WWE are you watching? We see the same tag team matches every fucking week. If it's not the Profits versus Gable and Otis, it's the Profits versus the Usos. If it's not fucking Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes, it's Ricochet and, Sh- and uh, fucking Strowman, which is not a real tag team, against the Viking Raiders. How many legit tag teams are there in WWE? If you add up all the tag teams in WWE, I'm sure they have enough to create two divisions. But how many of those tag teams are actually utilized? Six, seven tag teams, maybe? They do not, with what they present on TV, they do not have enough tag teams to fill two divisions. They don't. They don't. They could, but they don't. They could, but they won't. They have a great tag team division when it boils down to it. The one thing, and I'm going to say this again, the one thing that needs to happen during the draft is the tag team titles need one set of tag team titles. I'm talking about the men's titles. A new set of tag team titles, the WWE Tag Team Titles. Merge the divisions, have the champions float between Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown and Raw, just like the women's tag team titles, and call it a day. There should be no reason why there are two sets of titles with two different rules. I'd love to see matches like this happen on a weekly basis. I'd love to see all these teams just in one big pool, and you don't know who you're going to get on Friday. You don't know who you're going to get on Monday. You're going to get matches that are fresh. You're going to get matches that are new and exciting. If you have these divisions coming out of the draft, you're going to get four teams in one division, five teams in another. That's not enough to call it a division, and you're going to be running the gambit of rematches by week three. They don't have enough teams. A unification of the tag team titles is a necessity, is a must going into the draft. I don't give a shit who you are. Or what you say. I've been saying this since the 2016 draft. And you know me. My OGs know I've been saying it. And I'm going to fucking keep my flag on that hill until the day it fucking happens. Which may be never at this point. Then you got teams like Pretty Deadly who are probably going to get called up from NXT. That's another team added to the division. They got teams. They just don't know what to fucking do with them. Usos win. Triple threat match. EO, Sky with Bailey and Dakota Kai against Michin, Mia Yim, and Piper Niven. Uh, by the way, by the way, before I get into this, before I get into this, I, I forgot to mention one I, 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 a, a glaring omission that I left out from the Cody Rhodes interview or from the Cody Rhodes uh, promo. He is scared of Lesnar, right? And he wants to challenge Lesnar 
at WrestleMania Backlash. This was another problem with the Cody stands on Twitter this evening when I said WrestleMania Backlash, why? In my tweet. A lot of people were like, chill, dude. It doesn't matter what the show is called. Why are you so angry? Why are you so negative? Blah, 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 blah. Why are you always yelling? I, I don't understand. And I'm going to say this in the, in the most calmest, most ordinary way possible. I don't like when WWE says something is WrestleMania-esque or use the term WrestleMania for anything but WrestleMania. I don't like it. WWE should not be using WrestleMania for anything unless it is WrestleMania. They had this thing. They, they were on this kick when they were talking about these Saudi shows, Super Showdown and Crown Jewel. It's WrestleMania-esque. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm sorry. You're just disrespecting WrestleMania at that point, and you're lessening the appeal and the value of WrestleMania to push a fucking Saudi show in front of 20,000 people, half of which didn't even fucking pay to get in there, and call it a WrestleMania-esque environment. God, that shit sucks. God, that shit sucks. Vince McMahon's got this thing about WrestleMania backlash. He's had this kick for a couple years now, and I fucking hate it. It's a waste of a pay-per-view. WrestleMania backlash. No, it's not WrestleMania. Why are you piggybacking off of the WrestleMania name when it's not WrestleMania? WrestleMania is over. WrestleMania happened at SoFi Stadium over two nights last week. Why are we calling it WrestleMania Backlash when it's not WrestleMania, not anywhere close to WrestleMania? You see, the way I operate, if I was running things, I would never use that word unless it is for a WrestleMania. Otherwise, you lessen the value, you cheapen the name, and you want to claim this is WrestleMania-esque when we know it's not. Meanwhile, we've just seen the biggest Hollywood production for WrestleMania that we've ever seen ever in 39 years. Yet you want to go and use the WrestleMania name so loosely to call something else WrestleMania this or WrestleMania that. It's lame. It's cheap, and it's fucking sad. Honestly. Give me a fucking break with this shit. Does nobody value anything anymore? Just wanted to get that off my chest. How many people had to fucking mute the goddamn fucking discussion? They said Cody fumbled. Cody botched the promo. Kathy Kelly said it last week. Cody Rhodes said it this week. Unless I'm missing something, I don't think two weeks in a row is accidental. And when does Cody Rhodes botch a pro? Cody Rhodes botch a promo? The fuck are you? It, it's like it's like everybody thought Cody Rhodes was Ali all of a sudden. Cody Rhodes bot. When, when was the last time you seen or heard Cody Rhodes botch a promo? He said that with fucking. He said that with passion. He said that with purpose out there. I want you at WrestleMania Backlash, pal. 
He was told to go out there and say it. Oh, but the advertisement says backlash. Oh, Cody Rhodes is saying backlash. Like Vince McMahon can't send Cody Rhodes out there to say WrestleMania backlash, pal. The advertisement was filmed three weeks ago. Maybe they didn't get around to changing it. I don't know if you guys are living in a fucking cave somewhere, but the old man is back. If it doesn't get changed, great. But if it is, who's to blame? Paul? No. You fucking break. You guys are... (laughs) Social media was fucking retarded tonight. I swear to God. It's almost as if they got dumped on their fucking head and they came out looking, let me argue with JD tonight. EO. She wins a triple threat match. She gets a future title shot at Bianca Belair. And the crowd seem happy with this because Piper Niven's not over and Meat Shin is not over. Nobody gives a flying fuck about either one of them. And this just further solidifies the breakup of damage control. EO needs to be on her own. EO needs to be on her own completely. That's what the division needs. A baby face EO. The things that she's going to do in there are going to wow the crowd and that's what we need, man. Give me some EO against Asuka and call it a day. Seriously. Now, that's just one thing in a long list of things that we need to get done to make this division somewhat decent. But it's a good start. EO wins. I'm looking forward to her and Bianca for the Raw Women's Championship. And in the main event, Solo Sokoa. He went one-on-one with Kevin Owens. There's no way Solo Sokoa was losing this. He's already suffered one loss. He's not suffering another loss. Solo beats Kevin Owens in 14 minutes. This is probably one of the best Solo Sokoa matches, if not the best Solo Sokoa match that he's had on the main roster so far. Even better than the one he had with Cody. I would go as far as to say this was better than the Cody Rhodes match that he had on that Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania. So... Owens is basically coming into this match injured. He had the leg problem. Solo uh, jumped him last week and threw the production crate on him. He had that production crate on his leg. So uh, he managed to punch Jey Uso before driving Sokoa into the steel steps. His leg gave out. Sokoa hit the running hip attack. Owens fought back after a commercial break, hit a DDT. They traded blows back and forth. Owens hit a super kick, but he couldn't go for the cannonball because of his leg giving out. So Solo dropped him with another super kick for two. Owens knocks Sokoa off the top turnbuckle. Hit a frog splash down below for a two count. Sokoa blocked a stunner. Hit a Samoan drop. Owens brought Solo down from the top again. Jimmy jumps on the apron, distracts the referee. Owens starts to fight off Jay and hits Solo with a senton in the ring for a near fall. Sokoa booted Owens, but Owens managed to hit a pop-up powerbomb. Solo blocked another stunner as Jimmy distracted the referee again. This time, Jay superkicked Owens. Solo nailed Owens with the Samoan spike, and that was enough for the win. The Bloodline were uh, putting the boots to Owens three-on-one. 
We've seen Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle sprinting into the arena from the back. Uh, they made mention that they just got off the plane. They might have. I don't know. I don't know when they had gotten there, but they might have gotten there late. So Zayn and Riddle ran out, and they helped Owens clear the ring. Owens gave Jimmy a stunner, but Sokoa saved Jay from a Sammy Haluva kick. Owens, Zayn, and Riddle stood tall as the bloodline backed away up the aisleway, and that's how Monday Night Raw went off the air. So you're looking at a co-main event for Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash. Lame. It's going to be Solo, Jay, and Jimmy versus Sammy, KO, and Matt Riddle at Backlash in Puerto Rico. That is going to be your co-main event, and then uh, the main event will be Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes in Puerto Rico at the at the uh, Backlash pay-per-view in the main event. So that is what they're doing there. And uh, Monday Night Raw was a little head-scratching, a lot head-scratching. Was it better than last week? Absolutely. But, man, oh, man, do I question what the fuck happens on this show more than a lot of people, man. And you can't blame me. You can't fault me. I do not. You're going to hear this a lot. You're going to hear this a lot. Why is JD negative? Why is JD always mad? I don't trust them after last week, man. They lost a lot of faith and a lot of goodwill from this guy right here after the fucking stunt that they pulled last week. Now, we don't know if Vince is going to be there every fucking week. He doesn't travel to the West Coast. Today, they had flight delays and travel problems and travel woes. Who knows when he's going to show up? The guy could show up randomly. But I know for a fucking fact that Vince McMahon's in charge. Tonight felt okay. Maybe they said, you know what? Maybe we should lay off after last week. Let's get back on track before we fucking throw this guy in the public eye again and have him take over completely. Last week was a fucking disaster. But I don't trust them. Oh, one good week, we're back to normal. No, we're not. Why would you be confident that WWE is going back to Triple H? And they haven't given you any fucking reason to believe. I don't trust these people at all with anything anymore. And if you don't think Vince McMahon's going to have his hands all over the fucking draft, you're an idiot. It's going to fucking destroy the draft. How much is Triple H going to have a say? Is Triple H going to be in charge of one brand and him the other? I don't know. I don't know what their inner workings are. I don't know what their relationship is, but I don't fucking trust it. Moving on. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit, man. Appreciate you guys very much for hanging out tonight. We got over 3,400 people on this Monday night. If you enjoyed the show, man, I would love if you hit that thumbs up. We got 1,250 likes. Can we try for 1,300 tonight? On the podcast. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Spoon. It is cereal reinvented. I don't know what your mornings are looking like, fellas and ladies. I'll tell you what, man. It's slim pickings in my household. It's either eggs or something quick on the go. But man, oh man, there's nothing like 
a nice bowl of cereal, a nice healthy bowl of cereal, especially one that brings back that childlike nostalgia, man, that Saturday morning cartoon-inspired, upgraded to the 21st century, healthy, delicious, fueling cereal like Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon brings you a high-protein treat that tastes like you remember and you can eat it legitimately any time of the day, man. I find myself snacking on some Magic Spoon during the day when I just want something quick to snack on. It's never boring. The adult and inner child in you will love their tasty, never-boring flavors, and you won't believe that you're actually eating zero grams of sugar. High protein, 13 to 14 grams of protein in a serving. Keto-friendly, zero grams of sugar, gluten-free, grain-free, and no artificial colors or sweeteners, man. That's what I love to see. It's wholesome, it's wholesome, it's simple, highest of quality. And I and trust me, man, when you eat it, when you eat it, it's gonna be like you're eating what you remember back in your childhood days, but it is that much more healthier for you, man. It is delicious. You guys can go to magicspoon.com slash scripts or use the code script at checkout for $5 off. You can choose from their best-selling flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, which is my favorite, and maple waffle. Plus, they got some awesome other flavors. Honey nut, blueberry muffin, which is also great. Birthday cake, which is also great. And cinnamon roll. You can also add the cookies and cream and cocoa peanut butter flavored cereal bars to your build of variety boxes. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, they are going to back you with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they will refund you your money. No questions asked so make sure you guys use code script at checkout or go to magicspoon.com slash script to save five dollars off your order today and also for my canadian and british fans which i hope to see both of you guys very soon magic spoon also ships to canada and the uk magicspoon.com code script to checkout or magicspoon.com slash scripts love it Get into the Super Chats, guys, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Joseph Taylor with a $6 Super Chat. Two things, JD. Favorite Eddie Guerrero match? And did you ever watch Family Matters? Uh, Family Matters is one of my favorite shows of all time. And uh, favorite Eddie Guerrero match... Again, Joseph, going to have to get back to you on that. Probably something with Rey Mysterio. Probably something with Rey Mysterio. Sidro with a $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. We all knew Trish was turning. Now for the joke, when Becky didn't get all of the top rope missile dropkick, it really did become a miss all dropkick. Thank you, Sidro. There was a lot of things that missed in that match. 
Matt Fugitive with a new membership. Thank you, Matt. What the fuck are you drinking, Matt? Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Tonight, Cody didn't sound like Cena 2013. A six-man match of Solo, Usos versus Riddle, KO, Sammy should be a banger. And even in defeat, KO looks strong tonight. Yes. Yeah, Corey Graves, the way he saves everything. Ah, she didn't get all of it. Oh, he didn't get all of it. Yeah, the Eddie Brock match was great, too. Uh, Troy Turner with 27 months. Thank you for all you do, JD, but I'm done with WWE until Vince and that pedo mustache are gone for good. OTS for life. Thank you, Troy. I got you covered here, bro. Don't worry about it. You want to take a couple weeks off? I got you. Jason Barker with eight months. Vinnie Mac can take him and his chicken feet poop stash out of here. What's best for profits are long-term booking storylines and TV. He didn't know. Vince don't know shit, bro. Vince is fucking clueless. Tony Brown with a 199. Our tribal chief, JD. Thank you, brother. Tone C with a $10 super jab. Bought tickets to Metallica, Pantera, and Mammoth today. Rock on, OTS fam. Hope everyone had a safe and happy Easter. I'm really enjoying uh, Mammoth. Wolf Van Halen, man. Awesome stuff. Metallica's new music is awful. And Pantera, I, I don't know if I can listen to Pantera. I know, um... I know the essence of Pantera is there because Zach Wilde is playing guitar, but it ain't Dime. It's not Pantera without the uh, the duo of Vinnie Paul and Dimebag, man. It's not. G2G Corey with a new membership. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking, Corey? WTF boy with a 499. My dog passed yesterday morning. Hug and kiss your pets, OTS family. To get your mind off things, much love from Austin, Texas, and Pop Austin Media, OTS for life. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I kiss my little babies every single day, multiple times a day, man. The dud with a $2 super chat, the Trish Stratus heel turn was shocking. No, it wasn't. It was anything but shocking, brother. Ryan Cyrus with a $5 Super Chat. Decent show tonight, especially considering half the roster not being there. Surprised no Seth tonight would think he and Becky travel together. I, I don't know. That's a, good, uh, that's a good question, man. That is a good question. Maybe Seth had uh, something to do in uh, Iowa. I don't know. Maybe he had to go run his school or his coffee shop and he needed to uh, take a detour back home. KJ with a new membership. KJ, thank you so much, man. Welcome to the OTS family. Tootie Fruity with a 499. Three matches that went over 10 minutes. Yeah, Hunter definitely booked this show. Yes. I'm pretty confident that Triple H had a lot to say about this show tonight. 
Uh, BD, new membership. Thank you, brother. Welcome to the OTS venue. Lauren Marie Hutton with a $5 super chat. Raw was better this week than last week. Yes. We all expect a Trisha Seal turn from the day she returned. Rumors are Randy is nowhere near returning. Corey Williams with eight months. Thank you, Corey. Raw was boring. Oh, boy. Lauren with a $2 super chat. So Riddle is in two feuds now. No. Now the Miss feud is dropped. Patches 127 with a $5 super chat. Not a single referee tried to stop Cody's attempted murder last week. But send them all. Split up the Haas brawl tonight. I guess zebras fear beasts. I guess so. I guess so, man. Tootie Fruity with a 199. How do you feel about no Seth or Theory? Uh, I didn't really miss them. Not everybody needs to be on every show, man. Fabian Cleveland with a $5 Super Jet. Just wanted to say thanks for you and Jesse making my workday so entertaining. And when you start yelling, you have me falling over dying of laughter. At least, uh, listen, man, at least I make you laugh, Fabian. At least I make you laugh, brother. Oscar, I see you in the chat, brother. Prince JXN with a two-month membership. Appreciate everything you do in the IWC. OTS for life. Thank you, Prince. JD Mark for life with a 199. Tomorrow's my birthday. Trish is still hella hot. Yes, she is. Happy birthday, brother. Max Mello with a 10 in Super Chat. See, if Cody was champ, they say Brock always goes after the championship. You could have used real-life narrative into Brock versus Cody at least. JD, as he stands now, who would you have Cody face after losing at WrestleMania? I don't know, man. I, I genuinely don't know. You know, WWE could have had Cody win the championships and then have his first hurdle be Brock Lesnar for the championships because that would have opened Brock to challenge for the title, being that Roman isn't the champion anymore. But I don't book this shit. I, I don't book it. I just sit here. Basic with a 499. Brock being annoyed at how much of a goody-goody would have been better than what we are getting now, but I'm not buying that Brock cares about spots. I don't. I think it's fucking lame as shit, man. Dwayne Holiday with a 20 bomb. Much respect. Thank you for always speaking the truth. Toast to you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Dwayne. Baby Shaq. That was Dwayne's first super chat, by the way. Thank you, Dwayne. Here's to many more, brother. Baby Shaq with 11 months. What's up, JD? What the fuck just Cody said? WrestleMania Backlash. I hope that was a mistake. Almost a month away to a year. Raw was better than last week. Yes, it was, man. It was definitely better than last week. Basic with a 199. Can't imagine a grown man likes being called Bunny. Bro, Bad Bunny probably gets so many fucking women. It's not even funny. They could call him whatever the fuck they want, man. Matt Fusion with a $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. Membership before, $5 Super Chat. Now, keep up the great work, Jay. You're inspiring me to get back on the mic. Screw Vince and that horse he rode in on. Fuck him. 
Can't stand that motherfucker, Matt. And that was Matt's first super chat as well. Here's to many more, Matt. Thank you so much, bro. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Jay Lee, your favorite heel turn for me, Triple H. On HBK 2002. I don't know, man. Again, I'd have to think about it, but I mean, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, man, that's tough to beat for me. That was fucking just poetic, man. It was fucking sheer brilliance. Tutti Frutti with a 499. I'd love to see Kyrie Sane versus Io Shirai. That's a dream match to me. Well, if Triple H had his way, he'd probably bring her in. Ahmed Youssef with the 499. JD, can you say. Almost sucks. Zero Clark with a new membership. Thank you, brother. The fuck are you drinking, Clark? I'm Mr. Rogaine. 199. What's your go-to hair products, bro? EO is a badass. Uh, I like Dr. Squatch, bro. Not even lying, man. I love Dr. Squatch shampoo. All natural. Feels great. Smells great. I highly recommend. And their soap is great, too. The uh, coffee cold brew soap. Fantastic. Uh, Ara with a 499. Jay-Z, who's your favorite wrestler and what finisher would you use if you were a wrestler? I would use Roderick Strong's End of Heartache. My favorite wrestler right now? Um, I would probably say MJF. And uh, believe it or not, though I can't stand him, I love Baron Corbin's End of Days, man. That would probably be my finishing move. D-Man with a 199. Ignore the haters, Jay. The OTS for life. Thank you, D-Man. Braves with a big win tonight, man. That walk-off by Sean Murphy. Love it. Ty Sloan with a 199. Thoughts on the Ada voice actress drama online? I have no idea what you're talking about, Ty. Somebody's got to fill me in. Somebody's going to fill me in. What happened with Ada? Do you think they do a Resident Evil 5 remake? Wesker was in 4. Bro, I hated Resident Evil 5. Couldn't couldn't give a shit. If they re, if they they fix what was wrong with 5, maybe I'll play 5. But I hated 5. The professional guy with a $2 super chat, JD, I don't trust H Vince if they sign Matt Cardona. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, bro. Apparently, there's a hiring freeze. Grimsley with a $2 super chat. Just got here. You going to watch NXT tomorrow? Probably not. Uh, Tomorrow, we're streaming Resident Evil 4 on kick. Because I didn't do it this past week because I was so fucking tired from WrestleMania. But we're definitely doing it tomorrow. Gringo with a 100 in Mexican pesos. Any chance of releasing an OTS music playlist in the description? 
Uh, I could do that, Gringo. I may have to do that. I can't get the songs out of my head all week. Keep up God's work. OTS for life. Thank you, Gringo. You know what, man? I'm going to do that for you. Okay? Let me tell you guys, if we're streaming on kick tomorrow, man, the music tomorrow, I have free liberty to do whatever the fuck I want, supposedly. We are going to listen to some bangers tomorrow, man. We're going we're gonna to do like we used to do on Twitch before they went lame. We're going to listen to some fucking bangers. We're going to have a nice cold adult beverage, and we're going to fucking play some Resident Evil, man. We're going to listen to some great shit. I got a whole fucking slew of songs going to play for you guys. Love it. Uh, thank you, Gringo. Grimsley with a $2 super chat. Jay laughing with Otis. Grinding on him was golden. Otis is hilarious, man. I love Otis. Flash AJ 401 with a 499. Rough day. Had to put our dog down of 15 years. Couldn't walk. Was waiting all day for this show, and you delivered an absolute banger. Thank you, J.D. Flash. I am very sorry to hear that, brother. Thoughts and prayers and some heart emojis in the chat for my guy Flash AJ, man. Happy you showed up here, brother. Johnny with a new membership. Thank you, Johnny. Johnny N., Welcome to the OTS venue, brother. Ty Sloan with a 199. The Ada actress attacked fans for not liking her. Um. Uh, well, I haven't gotten to the Ada part in the game yet, bro. So I, I have no idea what's going on there. I mean, leave it to leave it to some fucking fan base to complain about the most random, irrelevant garbage. Alex Robertson with a $2 super chat. What did you think about Braun Breaker's heel turn? I actually enjoyed it. I'm surprised they pulled the trigger on it, but after the booze that he's been getting at the Performance Center, it's actually probably something that makes a lot of sense. Jacob Matthew with a $2 super chat. JD, love the streams, by the way. Should Bianca drop the title? Yes, she should. I think Bianca is great, but boring. And Ty Sloam with a 199. Thoughts on Resident Evil 6. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. My favorite Resident Evils, guys. Four, seven, and eight. And debates on camera. 199. How you feel if Chad got a push if done correctly? Uh, I would be very happy with that, as I think Chad Gable is one of the best parts of Monday Night Raw, to be honest with you. One of the best parts about Monday Night Raw, man. Anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here. I am exhausted, and we had a great show tonight, man. Sorry if I seemed a little agitated tonight, but social media really just gets on my fucking nerves, man. Seems like everything I do, I post something and it's just a combative fucking geek trying to prove me wrong. Bitch, shut the fuck up. 
get off my channel, bro. Get off my Twitter feed. Uh, guys, I put out a tweet uh, about a possible trip to Toronto for AEW Forbidden Door. If I have any fans listening to this in the Toronto area near the Scotiabank Center, I'm looking for a very nice, hip podcast studio where I can get my shit done during the week. Because if I get an Airbnb, I don't want to have to worry about recording and recording live and doing what I got to do work-wise in an Airbnb because it's never going to be the way I want it. Very echoey. Can't set up the green screen. It's not going to sound good. I'm not going to be comfortable. So if you guys are in the Toronto area, man, and have any podcast studio hookups or, or uh, connections or recommendations, hit me up. DMs are open on Twitter, email, no matter what, man. Just hit me up. Let me know. Anyway, guys, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications, and please go check out all the other content on the channel. And check out Magic Spoon, magicspoon.com slash scripts. $5 off. Appreciate you guys, man. Next time you see me is tomorrow. Be playing some games. Resident Evil 4 on kick. Wednesday, Jesse and I live for AEW Dynamite right here on Off The Script. We'll see you guys later.